Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. He had a fantastic lecture last night in Brooklyn. And again, this is Leslie Gist, and you listen to the Gist of Freedom. If you didn't hear me earlier... We are waiting for Mr. William Katz, a friend to the Gist of Freedom radio show, author William Katz. He has authored 40 books, including um, Black Indians. He had a fantastic lecture last night in Brooklyn about the uh, XL Pipeline and the Standing Rock protest. Uh, he was well-received, and he is on the line right now to uh, to let you hear him speak for himself about this um, protest that is currently going on and is in the news. Mr. Katz, are you on the line? I sure am, uh, Leslie. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. So before you get started, let's just tell the audience how they can contact you, uh, just in case some of, some people have to get off the line before this is sure. uh, before your broadcast ends. Okay. My website is WilliamLKatz.com, and it has materials there, er, uh, essays, pictures, and so on, about my book, Black Indians, and it has many of my other writings and information on my other 40 books. Uh, and and that, you can contact me through there. And, uh, and I, yes, I was out last night at one of my speaking engagements, and I, and I think this is important today because I do want to talk about the connection between this amazing historic gathering of Native Americans. I understand it's almost a hundred nations are represented. People from have come from as far away as Puerto Rico and Hawaii uh, to participate. And of course other people have been invited, including white people, young people, and I'm going to get into that right now. But just let me tell you for those who are not sure uh, exactly what the gathering is about, this Keystone Pipeline that is being laid there to transport 570 barrels of oil a day from North Dakota through four states, many counties, including and, and across rivers, including the Missouri, which means, by the way, it would also feed into the Mississippi going down to the Gulf and, and New Orleans. This is being protested by the Standing Rock Sioux and their, and their allies. And this is the largest Native American protest in history. And also it's led by Dakota women. And what I want to get at is also, because uh, this is where my knowledge comes in, it's, it's been joined 
by large groups from Black Lives Matter. And the groups that have joined it, one of their websites, I want to read you their announcement of, of why they were there. <clears throat> There's a quote. Black Lives Matter stands with Standing Rock. As there are many diverse manifestations of blackness, and black people are also displaced, indigenous peoples are. We are clear there is no black liberation without indigenous sovereignty. America has committed and is committing genocide against Native American peoples and black people. We are in an ongoing struggle for our lives, and this struggle is shaped by the shared history between indigenous peoples and black people in America connecting that stolen land and stolen labor from black and brown people that built this country. That's a very wow. important statement. Of course, it, it yes, yes, Leslie, it does speak to the essence of what my book, Black Indians, A Hidden Heritage, talks about, the unity of these two people. But here's another element right from the newest edition. In 1852, Dr. Martin R. Delaney, a militant black ab abolitionist and the individual lionized as the father of black nationalism in the United States, wrote these words about indigenous Americans, quote, we are identical as subjects of American wrongs, outrages, and oppression, and therefore one in interest. And of course, what my book goes into is where did this story of unified resistance to tyranny that we see, see exemplified out at Standing Rock, where did it begin, and how did it manifest itself throughout time? I'm going to be brief because uh, I, I certainly can't cover all of the material I cover in Black Indians and even a lot of the material that appears on my website. And uh, listeners can go to that. But let me start with the beginning. It goes back to, I've been able to trace it, that is, as an historian, back to 1502 and a letter by Governor Ovando of Hispaniola to King Ferdinand of Spain. Remember, this is just 10 years after Columbus landed, and some Africans have brought in an enslaved condition to serve the Spanish, and Governor Ovando reports the fact that they fled in this way, using these words. They fled among the Indians and never could be captured, end quote. I believe what he's saying there is that it's not just hard looking in the rainforest for runaways who don't want to be caught. Uh, it's not hard. It's not just hard being far from your home and uh, going into an area you do not understand that's tropical. You've never been there. But he's talking about the formation of what I call the first rainbow coalition in the Americas, the first united grasping of hands by people of color, two peoples of color, indigenous Americans and African Americans. And that's why I call it the first rainbow coalition. And as I said, it goes back 500 years. 
Mm-hmm. And my book follows the, the history and the, the forms and paths that this joint resistance to slavery and tyranny has taken. Uh, for example, it reveals the many Indian stations on the Underground Railroad, north and south. People didn't know that. They only knew about the stations they read about in history books run by white Quakers and so on. But a lot more was going on. Not only were many of them run by African-Americans like William Still, but they were run by Native Americans. And, of course, I discussed the full-blown 42-year-old Seminole War in Florida against both slaveholder aggressions and, finally, the United States invasions ordered by Andrew Jackson, probably operating under the secret orders of President Monroe, Madison and then Monroe. So Black Indians reveals the long narrative of this country's indigenous African alliance. And I just want, I made that connection last night in my talk at the Brooklyn Ethical Culture Society, and of course I make it in my book. And of course it does go up all the way through the civil rights movement, which also led to the American Indian movement that seized Wounded Knee, that seized important milestones in the march of Native Americans against their oppressors. It fed into the Poor People's March that Dr. Martin Luther King organized with leaders of uh, the Hispanic community and indigenous Americans and poor whites. So I just wanted to make this connection for your listeners because it's an an important one. These events, what's going on at Keystone, by the Sioux, the Lakota people there, is a continuation of something that's been going on for 500 years, although the history has been buried. It's only now just coming out. And uh, once again, I urge you to go to my website, which is williamlcats.com, and it's a black Indian website, and you can find a lot of information there. I I think that's about it, unless you have a question. Um, I, I'm just fascinated uh, listening to you and, and you making the connections. How can we learn more about um, what is going on? Is there any websites or any keywords we can uh, use on Google? Is there a gun, GoFund uh, campaign? You know, how can we get involved? Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. <clears throat> I don't know of the exact websites, but if people Google Standing Rock Protest, uh, I think a lot of things will go. They need, they're putting out a call there. They need, uh, people have just come from all over and they set up in tents and teepees and they need all kinds of help. And I, I couldn't even begin to list all the items that they would like to have sent to them. I suspect people who uh, find that inconvenient, could also mail money uh, through one of these websites. Once again, I, I th- think the key words are <clears throat> Standing Rock Protest, Indigenous American Protest at, Sta- at Standing Rock. It's sometimes connected with the Sioux Nation, which means the Lakota people. And uh, And I urge people to go and do that because 
this kind of participation by people. By the way, there have been demonstrations. That's what I'm getting at. There have been demonstrations in dozens and dozens of cities right around my corner here in New York, Washington Square Park, a week and a half ago. There was a huge demonstration organized by indigenous Americans, but participated in by African-Americans, white Americans, and, and many, many people, young and old. So these are taking place all over the country, and anybody can make their contribution to it by finding the right website. I suspect even Black Lives Matter uh, has a way of getting in touch with and supporting the protest going on. Okay. And um, briefly, one more time, how did this all transpire, this movement, if you can just tell us? Well, what happened was... The Keystone people, the Keystone XL pipeline, was building on the the land of the of the, the Lakota people there, and they rose against it because two things were happening: their water supply was about to be poisoned. I think people know already that where these pipelines have been put up to pump oil, they they break. They break more often than people realize, dozens and dozens of times. And that's happened already in North Dakota. So here's a pipeline going through Native American land, going through four states, many counties, across rivers, including under the Missouri. I mean, this is an environmental disaster of enormous proportions waiting to happen into the Mississippi I mean, you don't need a a firm knowledge of geography to know how dangerous this is to all of us in North America. And and for that matter, those living uh, in the Caribbean, because it will feed into that. So the protest was to not only save their land, save their culture, save their sacred burial grounds and other other, um, holy places, but to also protect all of us. This is something we all have an investment in, even though the indigenous people are leading it. And by the way, it's very appropriate that they lead it because their lives have been shaped from long before the Europeans last arrived by the need to live at peace with nature and not to disturb it the way the uh, pipeline is doing in order to make profits. Last question. You know, we're quickly approaching uh, Christopher Columbus Day. Uh, How do you suggest we uh, observe Christopher Columbus Day while keeping this protest in mind with this pipeline and the Black Lives Matter and the black Indians in the... Well, it's very interesting you ask that because... For the last few years, I've been assembling my own um, research on on Christopher Columbus. And I, uh, once again, I couldn't go into all of it, but I will summarize it this way. Christopher Columbus did not discover anything but a beach full of people who, by the way, welcomed him. Uh, he called the people that he met a peaceful, tractable, wrote to King Ferdinand, you could not imagine in the world a better people. Now, those are his exact words. But what he did, what he said, and what he did was these 
people must be made to do our work and follow our ways. And so he instituted slavery. Yes, slavery was not first imposed on African people. It was first imposed here in the Americas on the first people that Columbus found. That was his contribution. And he introduced not only enslavement, but policies that were genocidal. And as the Native Americans began to die off, he began to import Africans. I would add, for those of your listeners who do not know, as a young man and a seaman, he spent a number of years on the African coast, it was called. He served in Portuguese ships as part of the Portuguese search for slaves in Africa. So this man came with the dirtiest hands imaginable here to the Americas, and what he brought was death and destruction and um, and the kind of racism that we're still struggling with today. And in wow. consequence, in answer to your question, I yeah. suggest that we try to turn to what I think that's the city of Seattle has done and rename that day for all of us, not Columbus Day, but Indigenous Peoples History Day, mm-hmm. and try to push for that kind of understanding, the contributions and lessons Indigenous people gave us before efforts were made to destroy their culture and enslave their people and uh, actually carry out a genocidal policy. Perfect. That's a great way to end the show. I want to thank you for coming on. Again, we can reach you and learn more about you uh, on your website, William L. Cats.com. Uh, of course, you are available for lectures and book yes. signing. You have 40 books. And I invite our listeners to um, check out his website. Um, invite Mr. Katz to your event to learn more about Christopher Columbus Day and how to rename it for indigenous people, to learn more about the XL pipeline and the protests and the Black Lives Matter. Uh, he is an expert in this area. He's spoken at the United Nations, and he is the guy for this occasion. So, again, thank you again, Mr. Katz. Yes, let me just say one other uh, thing. I've been contacted, uh, since you asked me to come on, by the mm-hmm. publication called Indian Voices that spreads news through the – and people can Google that. And that's a fascinating periodical that uh, publishes news on the very subjects I've been discussing. And they have requested a way, if you could email me, a way that they could uh, get to this broadcast because they would like to uh, use excerpts from it or use it in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, thank um, you very much, Leslie, for having me on. Okay. And I hope your listeners... Uh, act up on Columbus Day Uh and make it Indigenous (laughs) People's History Day. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye.